We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, Daniel, how do you feel about skepticism? Mm, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of it. Well, I mean, uh, do you think it's always a good thing to be asking questions? I'm always in favor of questions. I mean, that's definitely how we got where we are. That's how we learned so much about this incredible universe. But, you know, there are caveats. Okay, so I got a good one for you. Do you believe the Earth is round? Actually, no, the Earth is not round. What? Wait, are you one of those flat earthers? No, no, no. Those people are crazy. <laughs> there are a lot of them out there. I know. There are flat earthers all around the globe. All around the globe, not on top or below the globe. <laughs> exactly. Well, what's your take uh, from a physicist? The official answer. Is the Earth round or flat? It's a false choice. The answer is neither. Stay tuned and find out. Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel Whiteson. I'm a particle physicist by day and a podcaster by any other time. And welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we try to explain crazy things about the universe. Sometimes things really far away, sometimes things in our neighborhood, sometimes things right under our feet. That's right. We try to tackle big questions, small questions, questions you think you know the answer to, but maybe uh, the universe has a way to surprise you. That's right. Round questions, flat questions, square questions, squiggly questions, and squishy questions. We love all the questions. Questions are our business. Oh, I like that as our company motto. <laughs> That's right. Do we have a company, Daniel? Um, we should make one, yes. We're in good company. All right, well, so today we're tackling a question that obviously humans have been um, 
had been struggling with for a long time. And I think for pretty much the last couple of centuries, uh, people think we know the, the answer to, right? That's right. This is the kind of question people ask. And it's the kind of question that can be hard to answer immediately just by looking at what's around you. But it's a fun question because it's the kind of question that, um, you know, sort of the beginning of cosmology. It's like, let's try to get a, a larger scale understanding. Let's try to understand not just the world I live in every day when I walk to my friend's house or go to the river and, and wash my food, but like the larger context where we find ourselves and how it all works. So the beginning of that intellectual struggle. Yeah, kind of asking like what's beyond what we can see and touch, right? That's right. How does it all fit in, right? Like, you know, the picture frame that my life lives in. Am I a tiny little dust mode in the corner? Am I in the center of it? Um, how big is that picture frame? You know, this, these are interesting questions. And I wonder sometimes, like, who were the first people to think of those questions? You know, as humanity emerged from, you know, pre-humans into in intelligence, like, when did people post-humans. first... Post-humans? Post-humans. <laughs> when did people um, first start to ask these kinds of questions? You know, how big is the earth? What is its shape? Um, you know, where is the sun? All these kinds of questions about our basic cosmology. Yeah, like who do you think was the first sentient being that just kind of wondered, like, if I keep going in that direction, what's going to happen? Or if I shoot straight up, what's going to happen? Or straight down? I don't know, but I think the answer would probably um, make you happy because I think that a lot of anthropologists imagine that humans have been intelligent for tens of thousands of years, and the major evidence of that is basically cartoons. Oh, yeah, that's. I, I always say that's a sure sign of intelligence to to draw them, <laughs> to be able to draw them, or the, the sign that society is about to crumble. <laughs> that's right, and go extinct, <laughs> like those ancient civilizations. No, but it's cave paintings, right? I mean, we can see which are basically cartoons, like people doing symbolic thinking and describing dogs and buffalo and and all sorts of things on the walls of caves, describing them. I think that's the first sign of intelligence. So probably around then, people started to have thoughts about you know their situation and how it works and what's the bigger what's the bigger situation that their life is in. And so I think that's what led them to ask this question. So yeah, that's kind of the question is, uh, you know, what, what did humans think about uh, when they asked themselves, what happens if I keep going in one direction? And so today on the program, we'll be tackling the question. Is the earth round? That's right. What shape is this crazy rock that we're living on? And, you know, you can look at a lot of things that people describe early on, you know, drawings from hundreds or thousands of years ago, people trying to draw maps and imagine what the earth looked like. And there's some pretty crazy ideas out there. But if you just sort of look around you, right, if you're just like born in the world and you look around, the world looks pretty flat, right? Like as far as you can see, the ground is pretty flat. You think that we're sort of on a, on a flat surface, right? Because you... The, your immediate surface around you is flat and kind of you look out a little bit further, it's still flat. Yeah, and it seems simple, right? And if your goal is to understand around you, well, what's around you, then the first thing you're going to do is think of the simplest thing. And the world looks kind of flat and you can't see that far away. And, you know, many surfaces, if you're only looking at a small portion of them, look flat. I mean, the earth could be all sorts of crazy shapes. And if you only look in your neighborhood, it might look flat in the vicinity. Yeah, So, and, and I imagine most of our listeners... Um, probably think uh, or know that the earth is is not flat uh, but we're wondering uh, if people actually know the real answer to the question is the earth round yeah or what is the shape of the earth that's a different question uh, what shape is it in 
That's right. What shape is it? <laughs> so really, politically, fitness-wise, you know. I think we should not be judgmental of the earth. I think we should be earth positive, you know. I think um, this is the one, only one we have, and it gets depressed and, you know, decides to end itself and plummet into the sun. You'll be sorry. That's right. The earth is round and proud. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Who wants to be on a slender planet anyway, you know? Um. <laughs> uh, all right, so as usual, uh, we were wondering what people, how people out there in the street would answer this question. And so Daniel went out there into the street and uh, accosted innocent bystanders and asked them a very basic question. That's right. And not only did I ask them if they believed the Earth was round, but I asked them how they knew which I thought led to some of the more fascinating answers. Well, let's see what people had to say. Do you believe the Earth is round? Yes. Why? What evidence do you have that the Earth is round? Uh, I think it is best answered by astronomy. It's like uh, the Earth is round. We go, if, if the Earth is not round, you, go, you start from a point and you keep going and you never reach to, the, to your first place. Do you agree with me? So it's, one reason, and there are, I, I, I'm pretty sure there are like lots of proofs about it. Yes. Why? What evidence do you have the Earth is round? Because the idea that satellites are in free fall and that they free fall around the Earth, so if you throw a ball, it, go, it has a curve, and so that kind of goes ahead and proves that like we're falling in a sense. And so that can go ahead and explain how satellites can fall around the Earth constantly. Cool. Orbits. Yeah. Orbit. Okay. Good answer. answer. Yeah. Uh, yes. Why? What evidence do you have? Well, based on what everyone else has said, I don't know. There's some evidence, but I do believe the Earth is round. Do you believe that the Earth is round? Yes. What evidence do you have that the Earth is round? Airplanes. Airplanes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, pictures of, like, from the ISS, things like that. All right, pictures from space. Other, other astronomical objects are also round, so... Right. Good point. Other planets are round. I do believe the Earth is round, yes. Why is that? What evidence do you have? I believe the Earth is round because just what I've learned in my education growing up, middle school to high school to college, is just what I'm familiar with, so... Okay. Yes. Why? What evidence do you have? Um, pictures from NASA. All right. Pretty uh, no flat earthers. You couldn't find any flat earthers out there in Irvine. That's right. Good job, UC Irvine. <laughs> I was really relieved to not run into any flat earthers. I mean, I was a tiny bit curious, like, what would I do if I met a flat earther? Would I, like, engage them in debate on the spot and be able to persuade them? Anybody who believes the earth is flat is probably not really open to actual scientific dialogue on the subject. Um, but I was also sort of relieved that, like, in this educational community, at least we've succeeded at that level, that everybody understands the basics of the world around them. I think the flat earthers only exist on the internet. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if the flat earthers are all just trolls. You know, if they're just being ridiculous to make everybody mad because they get their kicks by pissing people off. But I did some research and there's a pretty hardcore group of people out there that really honestly, sincerely believe the earth is flat. So you got pretty much, uh, everyone said yes, uh, and they all had uh, all pretty good reasons for believing that the Earth is round. Yeah, I would grade some of the reasons as excellent and some of the reasons as a little weak. Like, the weaker ones are what, like, well, everybody says so. You know, and that's okay. Like, you, sh you, know, you should be a skeptical person. You should try to think about these things for yourself. On the other hand, like... If there's something that everybody's believing, probably it's true. I mean, there's probably a good reason why, you know, scientists and experts and everybody are saying X, Y, Z is true. So while you should be skeptical, you shouldn't just toss out everything that experts are saying just because you can't prove it yourself. 
Well, it, it gets a little bit philosophical because, I mean, it's impossible to know everything and to be aware of all the evidence for every single thing out there in the world. And so at some point, you do sort of have to be like, all right, most scientists believe this. Uh, I guess it's probably true. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you have to talk to an expert. And, you know, what's the point of talking to experts if you're not going to believe what they say, right? Like, you ask me physics questions, you don't go off and double check every single thing I say, uh, or do you? <laughs> I triple check it, Daniel. <laughs> Does that mean you have two other physicists on the line who are like <laughs> giving you the thumbs up and the thumbs I have, down in I have real some time? some secret Daniels in my pocket. <laughs> Man, I'd like some secret Daniels in my pocket. Do some of my work for me. That'd be awesome. I have a Daniel Grayson and a Daniel Green <laughs> Greenson. Different shades of Daniel. Right. All different, the colors of Daniel. Right. Um, different round. 50, 50 shades of Daniel. Now, there's a fascinating <laughs> book. <laughs> I don't know what that book is about. I have no <laughs> It should be the fan fiction version of this podcast. Right. The not safe for work version. Um, the other answers that I really liked were the one people who had their own reasons, you know, who had thought about it. They're like, well, that's impossible and here's why. They could actually make an argument, you know, like um, everything else out there is round or we know the things are in orbit, right? These are good reasons. Um, or you know, people who don't think that the government is lying to them about everything. They believe the pictures, they believe the they believe the um you know, they believe the pictures of other I mean and, and I guess you can see other planets, right? You can see the moon and with a telescope you can see other planets. Yeah, you certainly can. You can see other planets and they're all round. Pretty much everything out there in space above a certain size is round. And for good reason, right? It's or roundish at least. And the reason is just gravity. You know, any if if you have a big enough object, it's gonna have a lot of gravity. And then if it's not round, that means that some part is further from the center than another part, and eventually it's just gonna break and roll downhill. Like all mountains on Earth. All mountains on Earth will eventually crumble, right? Due to rain and gravity and other forces. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place, full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. If we're going to answer this question, is the Earth round? Let's let's start kind of where humans started, right? And so let's start first of all with uh, how do we know the Earth is not flat? Because that's kind of what uh, your intuition would tell you if you never traveled or seen pictures from space. Right. Okay. So if you haven't seen pictures from space and you're like, uh, you know, natural science kind of person a few thousand years ago, how might you figure out that the Earth is not flat? Well, the you know the history of it is that people did things like they did experiments where they stuck sticks in the ground and they looked at the shadows. Now, if the earth is flat and the sun is just like above us, then every stick is going to have a shadow the same length. But if the earth is round, then those shadows are going to be different lengths at different places. And so this is like what a Greek guy did. He put tall sticks in different towns in Greece and he knew how far away those towns were from each other. And he measured the angles of those sticks and the length of the shadows. And from that, he could estimate he could prove that the Earth was round and estimate its size to pretty good accuracy. What? Is this a like a apocryphal story or for real? Hey, you know, everything about ancient Greece could be apocryphal, right? The whole thing could just be uh, invented for, as, far as, as far as we know. Um, but, you know, this is, um, as far as we understand it, this really happened. You know? <laughs> are, you a are you a Greece truther? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about whether Greece really happened, right? Is Greece just a cons- conspiracy man? <laughs> no, but, you know, the, the thing about ancient Greece is that we know so little of what happened because of the Dark Ages and so much of what they did was destroyed. And, you know, we have like a tiny trickle of the vibrant in- intellectual product of that civilization. So we really don't know what was going on in ancient Greece. We know a tiny little sliver, uh, which is such a tragedy. It breaks my heart to think about all those great ideas that were just like lost, you know. Um, but anyway. All those big wine parties. <laughs> no, it's just to me, it's, it breaks my heart when I, when I think about th- you know, um, progress that's been made, things have been figured out, mathematics that's been developed, and then just dis- discarded or lost, you know, like in, in huge fires of ancient libraries and destructions of civilization. Uh, anyway, we do have some clues about what happened in ancient Greece, and there are stories about, the, about folks measuring the size of the earth uh, using basically just two sticks in the ground. Okay, and so the, the idea is that he planted a stick in one town, and then 
It's kind of like if you plant a stick in uh, California and then you run over to Florida and plant another stick there. At any given time of the day, the shadows are might be different. Yeah, there will be different lengths, right? Because those two sticks have a different angle with respect to the sun. They're seeing the sun at different points in the sky. Yeah, exactly. And if the earth... But if the earth was flat, the shadows would be identical. That's right. No? That's right. Yes? Yeah. Is that true? That's, that's the point, yeah. Um, no, they wouldn't be the same, would they? Well, they would be the same length. They might be a different angle, but they would be the same length. Are you sure? Pretty sure. I mean, it depends on your particular flat earth model, right? But on a sphere, it's definitely true that there are different lengths and angles and that you can use that to measure the size of the sphere. And another key element, of course, is knowing that the sun is really, really far away so that the light that comes from it is basically always parallel. Because otherwise, you could try to explain the different angles that you get from sticks at different places and make it consistent with a flat earth. You could try to do that by saying, oh, well, maybe the sun is really close to the earth, and that's why we get different angles, right, over a flat earth. But that's silly. We know the sun is far away. If the sun was that close to the earth, you could see its apparent size like change as you move around the earth, and we don't see that. So that's an important part of the argument. Oh, interesting. But wouldn't that require you to have like a walkie-talkie between the two places, you know, to say, all right, right now, measure the length of the shadow. But if you don't have that instant communication, how would you like coordinate it and know that it was measured at the same time? Mm, That's a good question. I don't know how they managed it. Um, Maybe they had walkie-talkies in ancient Greece. (laughs) <laughs> in Greece, that's right. No, they definitely didn't. We don't know anything. They could have burned with the libraries. No, I mean, the the, um, the power of the test is greater the further the sticks are apart. But I don't know how far apart they have to be for you to be, have a measurable effect. It might not have to be very far, you know. So you might be able to say like, all right, we'll both walk for an hour and then plant a stick and then measure the length. And that might be enough. Oh, I see. Or maybe like a smoke signals or something. Like if it's several miles and you could still do it. Yeah, smoke signals, exactly. Um, you'd be good at inventing physics experiments in ancient Greece, yeah. I definitely want you around. <laughs> um, but there are also other ways. You don't have to do two sticks in the ground. Like There are other ways to figure out that the Earth is round, even, even without technology. All right, uh, what, what are those ways? Well, you can just look at the stars, right? Travel the Earth and look at the stars. You see different stars from different parts of the Earth, right? If the Earth is flat then everybody should be seeing the same sky. I mean, you'd be seeing it from a slightly different point of view if you're in a different spot on the Earth. But some stars are blocked by the Earth, right? You walk from, you walk from North America to South America, you're going to see different st- stars in the sky, right? The northern stars, you can't see them because the Earth's curvature is in the way. Oh, I see. So if you, uh, assuming you can remember the sky, right? Or you can draw it, for example, Yeah. You heard of that drawing? (laughs) Only in caves. I only know that kind. And you can't see the stars when you're in a cave, so you can sort of... um, You chisel on the side of... You draw on the side of a cave, you walk to South America, you draw on another cave, and you're like, hmm, (laughs) I should have brought my cave with me. That's how they invented the portable cave, probably, otherwise known as a tent. Uh, Okay, so that's another way you would tell, right, is you would... Uh, notice that the stars are different in different parts of of, of the, the Earth, which means that the Earth can't be flat. That's right. That's another reason. Um, another way you can tell, again, without really much technology, is just seasons. Like, how do you get seasons on a flat Earth? 
right? I mean, different parts of the earth have different, you might say, okay, we can get nor we can get winter when the sun goes further away. We can get summer when the sun gets closer, but we have different seasons on different part of the earth, right? We have summer in the Northern hemisphere when we have winter in the Southern hemisphere. How do you account for that? Well, I mean, if I, if I lived thousands of years ago, I mean, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know anything, right? For all, for all I know, there are gods and weird, you know, magical beings that make it winter here and summer there. Yes, absolutely. And there is always another explanation that's like ridiculously complicated, involves magic and gods or like crazy trajectories that can explain all the data. But we prefer the simplest, right? If the simplest explanation is that the Earth is a body just like all the other ones we see and it looks just like them and it's also circular, it's also basically spherical. And that explains everything we see. And so it's like by far the explanation we prefer to. There's some crazy magic aliens out there doing some crazy tricks on us. Or here on Earth. Or here on Earth, exactly. Okay, cool. And then what's the last last experiment you as a Greek scientist can do? Well, the simplest one is that you can see hints of the curvature. I mean, you can look at ships, for example, coming over the horizon from far away. Like, what's blocking them, right? Ships um, coming over the horizon, you're seeing them come over the curvature of the Earth, right? That's pretty direct right there. Um, and in a similar way, you can see further when you get higher up. Like if the earth was flat, then you couldn't see any further by getting any higher up. Or you could see it at a different angle, right? But you couldn't see any further. But on a spherical earth or a nearly spherical earth, the higher you go, the less the earth's curvature blocks you, the larger your field of view. And that's exactly what you experience. You go to a skyscraper or the top of a mountain, you can see much further. Okay, so I guess the idea is that, is that if the earth was flat and you were standing at the beach and you saw a ship go off and away from you, it would just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It wouldn't ever disappear from view. That's right. And you could eventually see it like dock in Japan or something, right? If you had a super duper telescope. Oh, it would just look really, really, really small. But you could technically see Japan if the Earth was flat. I mean, Japan is... Close, I mean, you'd be limited by basically the air, right? The air wiggles and makes things fuzzy. But yeah, technically, you'd be able to see all the way across the ocean if the Earth was flat. Oh, wow. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It would be cool if the Earth was flat. <laughs> Though I guess it'd be nighttime in Japan. That would be awesome, actually. You could like see different time zones. Uh, oh, I see. But even if I take a telescope and I look out into the ocean with a telescope, I would just at some point see nothing. Because my line of sight would just go off into space. That's right. And if you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean, all you can see is water because everything else is around the curve of the Earth, right? Uh, okay, and then you have one more last um, Greek experiment you can do, right, involving sunsets? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a, a long list of reasons um, that we believe the Earth is round, but another one is, yeah, is sunsets. Like, how do you explain sunsets on a flat Earth? You know, the, the models I've seen of a flat Earth that have like, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but you have this flat plane and then you have the sun, which is really small compared to the Earth. And it's sort of moving around the circular Earth, right? The, the flat Earth. Like a lamp, and, like, a, like a lamp just going around, around it. Yeah, and it's like shining like a spotlight, like it's directional or something. So, you know, I don't understand how you get uh, day or night because the sun is a sphere. We can see that it's a sphere, right? It's definitely, it would shine on the whole surface of the earth all the time. I mean, if you had a flat earth with the sun above it, then you would have never have nighttime unless the sun went below the flat earth, in which case 
every part on the earth would see sunset at the same time, which definitely doesn't happen. Okay, so I think the point is that even if you are super skeptical of scientists and you don't believe anything anyone ever tells you or believe any pictures you see, there are still ways that you could be convinced yourself that the earth is not flat. That's right. And people did these things and they figured them out. And that's why people believe the earth is round, even well before we had technology. But now that we have amazing technology, it's pretty easy to discover that the earth is round. So the, cause you know, I grew up in, um, in Panama and for us, you know, Christopher Columbus was like a big deal. And so, you know, as a kid, you just like, you always hear like, oh, he proved that the earth was round, but that's, um, that's a little bit of historical baloney, right? Yeah, I think it was widely spread among anybody who had any education. Uh, the belief that the Earth was round was already widely spread um, by then. But I guess he was the first, or one of the first, to really kind of connect it physically. I mean, I never really understood that argument because Christopher Columbus was trying to use the fact that the Earth was round to get to India, right? And so he thought he got to India. He's like, okay, look, I got to India and therefore the earth is round. But the problem is he didn't get to <laughs> India. So he didn't prove anything, right? <laughs> he just proved that if you get in the, in the boat and sail, you get to some more land. He didn't really prove anything at all. I mean, Christopher Columbus, like there's so much trouble with Christopher Columbus, you know, on top of genocide and misnaming mis, um, Americans as Indians and, and all that sort of stuff. But he didn't, he didn't really prove the earth was round at all. Okay, but I guess... Um I guess we won't get into um, the politics of it. <laughs> no, it's pretty dark. But yeah, so all right. So then um, that's how we know the Earth is not flat. And so let's, let's get into whether the Earth is actually round or not. But first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. All right, so we talked about how if you were a Greek scientist back in the day, you might be able to figure out that the Earth is not flat. But yeah, how about today? Like, you know, we we as citizens have, everyday citizens have access to a little bit more technology. Um, so how would how could a scientist today, without if they didn't believe pictures or other scientists, how could we um, find out? How can we be, be scientists and, and conclude that the Earth is not flat? You mean without being Elon Musk and, and having our own uh, spaceship company and going into space ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> without being billionaires. Let's say you just have like, uh, you know, $100, right. <laughs> $10 in your pocket. Because the, the, billionaire, the billionaire demographic of our listeners is probably pretty small, right? But if we have one, hey, give us a call, please. <laughs> That's right. Send us an email. All the billionaires out there, please send us an email. We want to record an episode from space. <laughs> That's right. Featuring you. Well, first, I want to comment on, like, should you disbelieve other scientists? And again, it's healthy to be skeptical. There are times when people, everybody's wrong about something. But let's remember that everybody out there doing science is trying to be right. You know, they want to figure it out. They're not out there trying to convince people of things that are not true. Like NASA is not lying to people. There is no crazy agenda. And it's impossible for that to even be, um, it's, it's not practical for that to happen because NASA is filled with a bunch of scientists who all want to figure out the right answer and share it. So if there was some absurd conspiracy to like lie to the public for ridiculous reasons about the shape of the earth, Somebody out there would disprove it. Somebody out there would be like, ha ha, look, I'm, um, I have proof. And somebody would, uh, would get the credit for that. So science is filled with people who want the truth and want to share the truth. And sometimes they make honest mistakes, but it's, uh, it's impossible to imagine a widespread scientific conspiracy. I think also, even if you don't believe in the altruism of scientists, <laughs> I, I always like to sit, think and sit, tell people that, you know, like if you ever meet a scientist... The, each one of them, and maybe you can prove me wrong, but like I think each one, each scientist out there would love nothing more than to be the guy that disproves everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Even from a cynical point of view, right? They all want the glory. I would love to reveal that all of science has misunderstood something. I mean, I think I've said that on this podcast before. That's my like personal scientific fantasy is to discover something which forces us to rethink foundational ideas, right? That's fantastic. Everybody would love to be in that position. And so to prove that the earth is a different shape than everybody thought, wow, that would be fantastic. So yeah, you're right from a purely selfish point of view. If 99% of scientists uh, say something and you know that they're all trying to prove each other wrong, you know, the fact that they agree is, is like extra 
extra validity. Exactly, exactly. But imagine that, um, you know, you want to check it for yourself. You want to be the scientist to disprove everybody. How could you do that? That was your question. And these days, it's actually not that hard because of the ubiquity of basically high-resolution cameras. Um, all you need to do is take a picture from high enough that you can see the curvature of the Earth. And to, to get high enough to like really see the curvature in an indisputable way, you need to be like 35, 40, 45,000 feet up above the ground. To see the curvature of the Earth. I guess, you know, um, it's not immediately clear what that means. So I guess if you go out really, really far, like to the moon, you would definitely see the Earth as round, right? That's right. And, but down here, it looks flat. And so as you keep going up and out you're going to see kind of more, more of the rounded shape of the Earth. Exactly. So as you, you imagine you're <clears throat> floating up from the Earth, right? If, if first it seems flat, and then you get higher and higher up. You're like, you know, at airplane levels, it still seems mostly flat. But as you zoom out, you see it more as a planet and less as just a surface, right? You're zooming away from it. So you have more perspective on the overall shape of it. And then you can start to see the overall shape. You can see this curvature. And, you know, above 40,000 feet or so, it becomes pretty clear. And you might be thinking, well, how do I get above 40,000 feet? And the only way to do that is through an airplane. And those windows are weird and have curves and whatever. So how do I really believe that? Well, all you need to do is send your phone up there. And folks have done this. You can, um, you can just build a weather balloon, which is basically just a big bag of helium or hydrogen, and attach a phone to it. And it'll go up really, really high, you know, 80,000 feet, 100,000 feet, basically up to near space. And high schoolers have done this. You know, you can Google for pictures of it. Wait, what, so what do you do, though? You, do you start like a FaceTime conversation and then send it up? <laughs> no, there's no service up there. But you, uh, you know, you start recording and you send it up. And then the trick, of course, is recovering it, right? Where does it come down? So you just have it like take pictures every couple of seconds. It goes up, the balloon, balloon pops, it falls down. And then you recover it and you get the pictures. Yeah, exactly. You have a little parachute, right? So it doesn't just plummet to earth um, and burn up and re-entry and smash. And then you get the pictures. And they're pretty fantastic pictures. And it's very clear in those pictures the curvature of the earth. And they're gorgeous, too. I mean, they're beautiful pictures. It, it wouldn't be like an effect of the fisheye lens or anything. No, absolutely not. I mean, you can see it increasing with altitude, right? So it's not an artifact. So uh, if you have a, an iPhone to spare and a weather balloon, you could you could discover that the earth is round. Or, or are they right? That's kind of the question that we posed at the beginning, right? Is the Earth actually round or not? That's right. And so we're pretty sure the Earth is not flat. And if you look at pictures from space, you're like, okay, the Earth is round, right? It looks pretty round. But let's get precise. Like, do we really mean the Earth is like round? Is it a perfect sphere? Well, the key is that the Earth is spinning, Right. And spinning things have extra complications. Like uh, if the Earth was not spinning, it would it would be perfectly round, you think? If the Earth was not spinning, it'd be much closer to perfectly round. Like, now, perfectly, perfectly round is impossible. I mean, even if you like sanded the Earth down microscopically, there's no way to get all the atoms exactly the same distance from the center of the Earth. You know, at a ma microscopic level, level, perfectly round is impossible. Even perfectly round at like the, you know, the one mile level is pretty tough because you got mountains, right? Mountains and valleys and all sorts of stuff. Um, and eventually those will, you know, f uh, roll down into rubble. But then p thanks to plate tectonics, you'll get new mountains. So at the one, two mile level, you know, the level even of like Mount Everest, it's pretty hard to have it be perfectly flat. But there's an even bigger effect, which is because the earth is spinning. And so it's, it's not perfectly symmetric anymore, right? The earth is round. It seems you might think like, 
every direction should be the same, but it's not because the earth is spinning on a specific axis. And that spinning has this effect of pushing things away from that axis, the north-south axis. It's like if you're on a merry-go-round and somebody spins it, you feel this this effect that's trying to throw you off the merry-go-round, right? Unless you're holding on. And so the same way, if you if you spin up, if you take a planet that's not spinning and you spin it, it's going to make it a little bit flatter and a little bit sort of blobbier, right? It's going to make things further away from the center at the equator and a little closer in at the poles. Is it that it's pushing the stuff out in the on the equator outwards, or is it that maybe the stuff on the equator doesn't feel as much gravity as the stuff in the North and South Pole? No, it's an effect of the rotation. It's like if you take um, you know, a pizza, you spin it, you take a pizza and you spin it, right? It gets bigger. Why does it get bigger? Right? Because it's the spinning. Right? The spinning is, has, has this effective force, this centrifugal force um, that pushes things out. And it's an artifact of the spinning. So like if, if I'm feeling a little bit round and padded in my middle section here, it could be because I've been spinning too much. <laughs> there, there are other explanations, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Simpler explanations? <laughs> too many banana cream pies, I don't know. Um, too many, yeah. Could be. Yeah, but if you take something, you know, take like a ball of dough and you spin it, then it'll flatten, right? It'll flatten and it'll get um, wider in the middle and, and, uh, and shorter on the top. Oh, get shorter. And so that's what's happened to the Earth. That's what happened to Earth. Yeah, but, you know, don't be alarmed. As it formed or after it formed? Do you know what I mean? Or like it's always been oblong or it's always been not round? That's a great question. It's definitely true as long as the Earth has been spinning. And I'm pretty sure the Earth has been spinning since it was formed because there's been angular momentum. Um, but that m- must have changed. Like, for example, um, the planet Uranus, right? Uranus was hit by something really big that knocked it off. And it's spinning in a different direction. That probably changed the shape of Uranus also. So that's a cool question. Yeah. Yeah. So if you change the spin of a planet, it'll change its shape. And aren't there theories that say that our moon, we had a whole podcast about this, by the way, you guys can look at it, look for it in the ar- in the archive. But isn't there a theory that maybe we were hit by a giant rock and that's how the moon formed? And so maybe our axis also changed. Yeah, it could be. It could be we were spinning a faster or slower before that massive collision and that would change the shape of the earth. But you know, taking a moon-sized chunk also changes the shape of the Earth. So yeah, that was a big event in terms of shape of the Earth. Um, but people might be wondering out there, like, how big an effect is this? Is like, you know, because if you look at the pictures from the from space, the Earth looks pretty round. I mean, maybe people haven't done, like, precise measurements of those photographs, but it does look pretty round. And it is pretty round. The answer is that the um, at the equator, the distance to the center is about 13 miles more than it is at the poles. So the Earth is wider than it is taller by 13 miles. By 13 miles. And on one hand, that's a big difference. In each direction. Each direction, yeah, radius. On one hand, that's a big difference because like some of the biggest features on Earth, like Mount Everest, are only a few miles high. So this is like two or three times bigger than that, right? On, on the other hand, it's pretty tiny because, you know, the radius of the Earth is thousands of miles. So it's a really pretty small effect. Like, if you were holding the Earth in your hand, could you tell this difference? If you, like, rolled the Earth against a ro- um, along a smooth surface, would you notice it not rolling perfectly smoothly? I'm not sure. I think we would. We who live on the surface of Earth would notice it for sure. I'm trying to be that cosmic alien that's playing games with us, right? That's playing tricks. <laughs> Imagine Galactus. <laughs> Your Galactus just picking up there. Um, yeah, things from from that point of view, I think it'd be pretty hard to tell. 
You know, I don't know, for example, like a, a very high quality pool ball, you know, like billiard ball, um, what's the level of sphericity of that? And how does it compare to the earth? That's a good question. Like a professional grade billiard ball, ball is it actually also even a sphere? Yeah, I don't even know. It might be more spherical than the earth or it might be spherical within the same tolerance, right? Because 13 miles is a small fraction of the radius of the earth. And you're talking about kind of like the average distance to the center of the earth, right? Because it, there are sort of dips and valleys and oceans and stuff, but like the average. That's right, yeah. Well, I guess the question is, why isn't it more oblong? You know what I mean? Like the earth is spinning pretty fast, at least once a day that I know of. And that's a lot of earth to move around. Why is it in more like opal shaped? Yeah, well, that depends on sort of the internal strength of the earth, right? If the earth was made out of like, I don't know, cotton candy or something, and you spun it this fast, then probably a bunch of the cotton candy would get flung out into space. Um, but it holds itself together, right? It depends on the strength of the material. Like if the earth was made out of pizza dough, we would be <laughs> much flatter. <laughs> That's right. And also there's gravity, right? Gravity does like to keep things together. So there's a bunch of things at play there. But yeah, if the Earth was made out of pizza dough, it would have a different shape than it does today. Let's do that experiment. Let's build a planet-sized blob of pizza dough. <laughs> just, just to find out. That's right. Let's make a, a pizza shop for the galactuses of the universe. Any listening billionaires, that's where you should send your funds. And then also send us into space to uh, go eat some of this pizza. <laughs> that's right. That's going to take a lot of tomato sauce. <laughs> All right. Well, so that uh, that's the answer to the question. Is the Earth round? And the answer is no. Right? It's around dead. Right? Roundish. But almost. Sort of round. <laughs> it's rounded. <laughs> More rounded yeah. in the middle. The Earth is definitely not flat. But I mean, it's definitely not flat. That's right. Like many of us. The Earth is definitely not flat. Definitely not flat. So not flat. Oh my God, definitely not flat. Um, it's almost perfectly spherical. And uh, well, the, the other way you can um, just test that the Earth is round is just go off in one direction, right? Just get on a plane and, and keep going. That's right. You know, the flat earthers have an answer to that. They say, well, the Earth is flat. Um, and if you move in a circle, you're actually moving in a circle on that surface, which is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Because Oh, earth, I see. There's an answer for that. Yeah, everything. well, but then, you know, none of those answers make sense. Like, if the Earth was flat, they put the North Pole at the center, and the South Pole is like this wall of ice around the circular flat Earth. But if that were true, then that would really stretch out distances between stuff in the Southern Hemisphere, right? Because the Southern Hemisphere would become huge, and the Northern Hemisphere would be compressed. And so you would definitely notice, like, if you tried to sail on a ship from, you know, Chile to China, you would notice that it took you way longer than it should. Shipping captains and airplane pilots would definitely notice if the Earth was flat. All right. Well, and there's, then, then there's a whole totally different question, which is, is space flat, right? Like, we could be a rounded Earth on, a fl on flat space, right? Or a rounded Earth on a round space. That's right. And I'm definitely a flat spacer. <laughs> you are. <laughs> You're a round earther, but a flat spacer. <laughs> that's right. No, space seems to be flat, and that's really weird, right? We don't understand why space is flat. For those of you who don't even know what that means, check out our podcast on the shape and size of space. Space is a weird, crazy thing. You can do all sorts of stuff you never imagined, including being curved or not being curved. And uh, you might be able to send your iPhone out into, <laughs> into the universe to find out. That's right. Leave the round earth and go into flat space and learn some things. 
Um, but this is what I love about these questions. You know, they tell us so much about where we are in the world. And to discover that the Earth is round and it looks just like all those other planets must have been a huge shock to the people who discovered that, right? To understand something so deep about this this situation we find ourselves in, those are the wonderful moments in science, right? When you get these flashes of insight and reveal something about the context of the human experience. Yeah, or like uh, it challenges everyday conceptions or ideas that you might have, right? Exactly. The first guy to figure out the earth was round, probably everybody scoffed at him and thought, oh, he's crazy. He's one of those round earthers, right? Um, <laughs> On the internet. <laughs> the Greek internet. The marble net. I think they had a marble net back in ancient Greece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were all just talking on their walkie-talkies, <laughs> posting trolling comments. It's too bad we lost it. I mean, the Greeks developed the walkie-talkie technology, and then we lost in the Dark Ages. We had to reinvent it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we had to reinvent the walkie-talkie. Yeah, exactly. So much of human civilization was lost. Um, no, but I think it's uh, it's wonderful when we have those moments when we understand something um, deep about the human experience. All right. Well, uh, if you are a flat earther, um, we're sorry that this podcast disappointed you. And if you were a round earther, we're also sorry. Sorry that you're disappointed that <laughs> the earth is not round. But if you're a pizza ball earther, then congratulations, you are right. The earth is a pizza ball. And if you were a flat earther and you listened to this podcast and you were convinced then congratulations for having an open mind. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Need an easy button to feed your baby? Baby Bretza's Formula Pro Advanced makes a perfectly mixed warm formula bottle automatically at the push of a button. No air bubbles, no fuss. Literally, choose your temp, select your ounces, push start, and you're done. 
Works with virtually all formulas and bottles. Say goodbye to the 3 a.m. feeding chaos and hello to this revolutionary stress-free solution. Raising a baby is hard enough. Let Baby Bretza make feeding a breeze. Get your Formula Pro Advanced at babybretza.com.